my name is Emma. And I'm Shannon. And I'm a romantically challenged, trendy little pissant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of Google. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry I can't, don't hate me. The motherfucker's concise. I revealed too much too soon. I was emotionally slutty. Okay, I'm a big whore. I think we have a stiff breeze. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you say something bitchy about someone we know. That's bullshit, there ain't none! Shannon, have you ever had a moment where a romantic gesture made you go ick? Yes. And arguably, like, one of the defining romantic gestures of my youth. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I watched the show a lot um, in high school, and I feel like it kind of predisposed me to, like, be romance adverse. Because I I guess in my brain, like, I didn't think it was that there's some part of me that didn't think of it as being realistic. And especially, like, as a 16, 17-year-old, like, in high school, I was just like, this, this does not feel correct for me (laughs) at this moment in my life. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I think I sometimes am really uncomfortable by the idea of romance, but anyway, my first boyfriend in high school, he took me after we started dating, like really shortly after we started dating, he took me to the Valentine's day dance, which is flag number one. Um, he got me roses, red roses, flag number two a dozen of them flag number three. <laughs> oh my god I feel like I feel like I'm having like a burger moment here like what's wrong with a dozen roses is it it's just too much so all of this like kind of romantic gestures or all of these romantic gestures he had done and he invited me over well I picked him up <laughs> um and he took me aside and he like presented the the flowers and it was nice and whatever um and then he told me that he loved me and we had been Mm -hmm. dating for like two months at that point and the first thing that I thought of was like you don't love me we're literally children we're like (laughs) (laughs) we're in high school like I just don't think that this is possible but I am very conflict avoidant so (laughs) I just said thank you (laughs) Nice. A classic response to the uncomfortable statement. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And then I felt really bad. And there was like 10 seconds where I was just like, oh, shit, was I supposed to say it back? And then I like I did really quickly. I was like, yeah, I love you, too. And then um, I actually had like really crippling anxiety, like two years later, just thinking that like I said that at the wrong time. I was incorrect. Like, has this like put me on a trajectory of my life that I should be on um that's a big moment (laughs) that's definitely one that I'm sure has come up with a therapist (laughs) in a good way in a good way I mean it's like it was it was kind of him to like do all of those things but yeah I just like I had such a hard time believing that like this other person who I've literally been dating for like not even two months could could feel that way I was just so I was so skeptical and in retrospect I don't I don't really think I felt that way but Hmm. that just reminds me of a moment that I had (laughs) my I think I it reminded me of one of my only romantic romantic I say quote unquote moments and I was actually I was quite young and I was quite smitten by it much like Carrie when Aiden drew her the bath we're gonna talk about that later Um, but yeah I was quite smitten by it I was doing a piano exam my grade nine RCM piano exam go me (laughs) Um, which was a very stressful exam which I had been preparing for like a year and a half for And somebody that I had just started dating actually bought me flowers. And I don't even remember if they were nice flowers, but it was a very like traditional sort of cheesy gesture. Um, But I think it was more like the context. Like it wasn't like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Um, I'm sorry. I don't don't know why people buy flowers normally. Uh, (laughs) uh, Mother's Day. (laughs) But anyways, it was like the... (laughs) It was like the context. It was like, I know that this is something you've been preparing for and something that you um, have worked so hard towards. And I was like, 
totally smitten. Mm-hmm. Fast, so I, that was my early 20s. Fast forward to my relationship now, and I think I literally told my girlfriend, please don't ever buy me flowers. <laughs> because they're impractical, they're a waste of money, they die immediately. And yeah, I just... I don't know, but I still have those kind of moments where I'm like, hmm, she's never bought me flowers. <laughs> so here's here's where the romance intolerance or, you know, journey to intolerance begins. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like I got roses two months in and then uh, never, well, it was like pulling teeth afterwards. I was like, well, why don't you buy me flowers? <laughs> and like, No kidding. I had such a shitty response to it the first time. Can't blame them. <laughs> but I mean, you were right. You were children. And you already had that head on your shoulders, probably thanks to one of our favorite shows, Sex in the City. <laughs> it was 100% thanks to Sex in the City. Like 100%. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, I guess the reason we're talking about romantic gestures today is we're actually kind of talking about the, the difference between romance and, as Carrie says, she says, are we simply romantically challenged or are we sluts? It's a good question. <laughs> um, so this podcast episode is actually inspired by a conversation that I had with a friend years and years ago. Uh, We had a mutual friend who started dating somebody new. They're actually married now with a baby. Um, But he started dating somebody new that seemed like it was actually going somewhere. Um, Because we're super nosy and and love hot goss, the conversation turned to their sex life. Um, And we kind of, I don't know if we realized or we just made an assumption that they'd been dating for a few months and they probably hadn't had sex. And which kind of brought us to address this question in our own lives. Are we sluts? Are we, (laughs) do we sleep with people too quickly? Yeah, that's a good question. I I really like how it's balanced too with being romantically challenged. I feel like I think about one and not the other. Like I, I don't think of them at the same time very often, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, so the episode we're referring to is when Carrie first starts dating Aiden and she's sort of flabbergasted that he won't have sex with her within a week and a half of dating. Um, and Shannon and I watched this episode together and we were like, I think they had gone on like four or five dates in a week and a half. And we were like, who has the time? (laughs) Like, really? Who has the time to do that? I seriously, like, I guess Carrie's a writer and she sort of makes up her own schedule, but I just, I can't imagine. But anyways, so they go on many dates in a week and a half and Carrie is very confused as to like why Aiden won't come inside, uh, why he won't have sex with her. And she kind of starts to question like whether or not he's a friend or a boyfriend, which to me is so, so funny because like we've been there, like she's overanalyzing so Mm -hmm. hard. It's like he teases her at one point about something in the kitchen, or I think they're like cooking and he teases her about something. And she's like, this is a friend interaction. Um, And then they make out and she's like, this is a boyfriend interaction. Like these are put into two very distinct categories as if a relationship isn't, uh, You know, as if a relationship isn't also a friendship, which I would say that I believe that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Is a relationship like truly that different than a friendship other than the whole sex thing? Uh, That's such a good question. (laughs) I mean, like, I want to say no. And honestly, I think her like categorizing of if he's a friend or a boyfriend, it just struck me as such a like a juvenile way to like look at a relationship. Like that's something that I would have done in high school or junior high, right? Like, is this person like a boyfriend, a friend? Like it's, it's so... Yeah, it's so compartmentalized. And I think like in reality, it's a lot more fluid. And like, yes, your like partner is your friend and friends can be partners. I actually had an episode about like fuck buddies. So I don't know where that fits into this whole <laughs> like dichotomous question and <laughs> questioning. But um, 
Well, yeah, I think you can be both. I mean, it totally fits into that. And like, so I've definitely been in this situation that Carrie's kind of been in where I'm like sleeping with somebody <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, oh, they don't actually like me. Not, not that they don't like me, but it's like we enjoy our time together. Um, we enjoy sleeping together. We also like maybe watch a movie together, like get food together, like that kind of thing. But sort of this like, while I criticize Carrie for being so uh, like conducting such an over analysis of this situation, I've totally been there. I've totally been like, oh, well, you know, we're sleeping together on a regular basis. So I don't think that they like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what eventually starts to convince Carrie is when they have that weird sexy bath, which we also talked about. Baths are not sexy. Like we no, we we should we need to stop romanticizing a bath as being like a sexy thing. There's just there's not enough space for both people. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to sit in. You have to like generate so many bubbles to artfully cover yourself. It's just like, it's so hot. It's uncomfortable. And then if you have candles in there, there's a fire hazard. Like it's just not, it's not a good time in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree. Especially with like a big man, like Aiden, like yeah. in this tiny little bathtub, like, oh, I just, I, it's just not sexy. It's not romantic. Baths are not romantic. They're, they're you time. No, like the only bath that could that could be romantic is like the giant jacuzzi bath in Pretty Woman, where like <laughs> it's basically an ocean. It's an ocean of tub water. <laughs> I have never seen that movie. Oh no. Maybe I that'll be required viewing. We'll add it to our to our Sex and City episode schedule. It's pretty iconic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they have a sexy bath. And Carrie even goes to her friends over brunch the next day and is like, oh, I kind of got a glimpse. And she's like, it's not curved to the right, as Samantha had uh, previously asked. Um, but anyways, why is Aiden doing this? Why, why won't he sleep with her? He says, he kind of says that he slept with dates early on and that's why he's not in a relationship now. Um, he's taking it slow with Carrie because he really likes her. Um, and finally, in the end, after the incredibly prolonged period, I think it's like two weeks by the time they actually sleep together, maybe even three, um, 50 dates later, um, she, <laughs> I don't know, that ends up being the moment. And she even refers to it as virgin territory. She's like, I was no virgin, but this was definitely virgin territory. Um, which I, I thought was kind of weird because obviously um, as a show that, you know, touts people with healthy sexual appetites and lives, um, obviously there's a lot of kind of slut shaming happening here. Uh, Charlotte even says in that episode when she's dealing with her own, um, she's, I don't remember his name, but she's dating this guy who's super sweet, super amazing. Um, he has all those check boxes that Charlotte needs, <laughs> like the good education comes from a good family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when they're having sex and he climaxes, <laughs> he calls her a fucking whore. And much to Charlotte's dismay, she says, nobody wants to marry a whore. Um, so yeah, lots of sort of like slut shaming, uh, the use of these sort of derogatory words. And then in the end of the episode, Carrie's kind of just like, yeah, I definitely was no virgin, but I'm out of, or I'm entering virgin territory. Like I'm out of the slut zone, like, wipes her hands and walks away from it. Um, which, yeah, I think is, is a problem. <laughs> okay. So I have two, I have two things that from that, that, um, I, I think are interesting. I think Charlotte's actually like a very interesting encapsulation of both like a very romantic person and also somebody who has uh, slutty behavior. I think Miranda says that like, 
at one point that she's had a fair amount of bone in her. Um, so Charlotte kind of seems like she actually strikes a balance or this balance that Carrie just can't really seem to fathom um, because Charlotte like does invest so much into romantic partnerships and, and that kind of thing. And she, she can stomach it. Like that's what she wants. She wants a white knight. She wants like the perfect fairy tale wedding. Um, but yeah, she also is like very sexually active, like very, very healthy. <laughs> um, she doesn't, I don't know. She, she doesn't, um, just stick with like one or two partners. Like she, she definitely explores, like she's had a lot of different, a range of different sexual experiences as well. Um, so, and also Charlotte is the only, um, she's the only character that refers to sex as lovemaking, or at least the only character that does it really frequently, mm-hmm. which I hate. I, I <laughs> fucking hate that term. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's so revolting to me. Um, I remember I tried to, like, I wanted to use it in high school because I was just like, oh, like, this is like the elevated thing. This is like better than sex. And then I was like very humiliated. <laughs> The one time it came out of my mouth, oh, um, no. this feels wrong. <laughs> um, it definitely. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, like it's. I think it's just really interesting that she's like the one character that really like she she seems to bridge like love, romance, and sex like a little bit more so than I think some of the other characters do. Um, which is so interesting because she has like this aversion to like being seen as like a slut or a whore or whatever like that that's the most like deeply offensive to her um but I think she balances everything like really really well yeah that's a good point she's kind of like while Carrie is facing this polarizing question you know romance does not equal sex like Charlotte really is that bridge um Mm -hmm. she really brings it together whereas it does see and we've sort of talked about before like how Charlotte does seem a little out of place in that group of friends like with Carrie, Miranda and Samantha of course they um are super open about their sex lives you know they talk about uh the numbers that they've sort of racked up etc etc as if that means anything um but yeah Charlotte is you're right she's kind of like bridging that gap between love and sex bringing it together to make love making (laughs) which is yes an extremely cringy term it reminds me of like I mean and we're going to talk about this episode too but like that super cringy one where Carrie goes lover she says she's taken on a new lover like it's almost as cringy as that almost (laughs) almost but they're both pretty up there yeah oh my god but yeah that episode so she starts she enters so later in the series of course much much later last season um again she's sort of faced with this question when she starts dating the russian like how many people are too many people to sleep with before your dating value sort of goes down (laughs) before your value as a human being decreases So she goes on an Alexander Petrovsky Google deep dive. And I love how this is addressed or how they say it in the episode because it's just so telling of its time. She's like, I went on this thing called Google. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's so good. Um, And she like really deeply questions her fear of being just another one to him, which is kind of, you know, rooted in misogyny itself that... (laughs) The fact that, I don't know how to explain it, but like the fact of feeling like you should be the special one Mm -hmm. is very like pick me vibes. It is, especially because she's calling him her like lover. So to me, I'm also like, if you're an adult, like, don't you have a conversation about whether or not you're monogamous? Like, I, I find it really interesting that she like uses such a possessive term to say like I've taken a lover like she like you've purchased something like off a shelf or or something um but then when she thinks about like his perspective and like oh like maybe like she's just like a lover to him um that makes her really uncomfortable she doesn't want to be one of many like you said um but yeah she like 
she can only she can be the only one for him but like um yeah but it's very very confusing and then also like she she refers to him as her lover and then she can't stomach like all of the like 19th century romance that he tries to like manufacture in their relationship um it's very like what do you want? <laughs> what what do you want out of this? What do you want from a relationship? I feel like that's an excellent question for Carrie specifically. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> and it, and it kind of goes back to that question. Like, is she romantically challenged or is she a slut to bring it down to like really basic terms? But it, it, it kind of like brings it back in the way that she has to, she has to face what she wants. She clearly doesn't really know, um, but she has to, or I guess she doesn't have to, but <laughs> she's sort of like addressing the issues that come between them or her issues with men or dating or, or what have you. I want to, I want to talk about the word slut a little bit. Um, Cause we, we kind of talked a little bit about slut shaming and just like, there are these, some of these lines where like the characters kind of allude to um, it being like a negative thing, but I was thinking about it. And like, I remember watching this as like 16, like 17, whatever. And, you know, I heard the word slut, but like, I didn't necessarily equate it to being a negative thing. And I was thinking about that. And I think like part of the reason why is like, they, they, they're not using these, like they're not using the words like hooker or whore or slut in like a really positive way. It's not like they're saying like, Hey, slut, like, <laughs> and you know, like embracing each other in a hug. That's not, that's not how they're using those words. But for some reason, like when I watched it, I didn't immediately think that those were negative aspects about themselves. And I think part of the reason why is that we're not, I think so often in slut shaming where when someone is, slut shamed you're kind of reducing them to just their sexual activity and like you're not looking at them as like a whole human but these four women we get more of a picture of like their whole characters so like carrie might like ask if she's a slut but like i know she's not because she's a full human with like many more interests than just you know having sex to like in a negative or derogatory way. They were using like those kinds of terms, but like I didn't necessarily think like this is a bad thing or this is like a bad question to ask, which um yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> I I think of um slut shaming and just like the use of that kind of charged language in the show as being like particularly interesting. Is it yeah, it doesn't it doesn't rub me the wrong way, I guess, upon first listen. Yeah, I kind of love that. And you're right, like they they do approach it in a way where they're kind of using, yeah, it's not like an overly positive way, but also not an overly negative way. Like it does remind me a little bit. So it's interesting that both of these episodes or both of these times in their lives, they're contrasted with... Um, STI scares. So for example, mm -hmm. the first one um, with Miranda getting chlamydia and it kind of is the same thing. Like, like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you got chlamydia, but they, it is said in a way that's very like matter of fact and very just like, okay, this happened. Um, now I'm going to proceed to do what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. She calls her ex-partners. She tells Steve, um, convinces him to go to the doctor, yay Steve, after a weird conversation where he was like, he's like, oh, well, I don't want to go to the doctor. And Miranda, being Miranda, was like, oh no, you go, as she should. Um, but anyways, the whole episode, I remember, I mean, when we watched it together, we were sort of, we're like, wow, that actually dealt with it in a more mature manner than I had remembered. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, they dealt with it. Um, but it did bring up the conversation later in the episode. I think it might have been the last scene or one of the last scenes where they talk about their, what, what word do they use? <laughs> we talked about the word body count, basically how many people you had slept with. I think they said, what's your number? Yeah. Yeah, what's your number? And Miranda does tell Steve, you know, she tells him that her number is 42. 
and then which is you know they have this honest conversation um and then she's like well what's yours and steve is a little little shot a little sheepish if you will but they never actually they do the like up thing like oh higher 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 um but they never actually do say steve's number which on one hand i was kind of like thinking about this and i was kind of like you know maybe that means that oh it doesn't matter is that the message that they're trying to send like you know number is not super important but on the other hand why is miranda's number important why is that information shared and his isn't and it's kind of just like reinforcing what carrie says or writes closer to the beginning of the episode where she says you know, a woman with many partners is bad and shameful, or she doesn't say those words specifically, but she's sort of implying that, um, where a man with many partners is a good kisser. Steve being the cute, charming, charismatic bartender, <laughs> my girlfriend would severely disagree because she hates Steve with a fiery passion. Uh, <laughs> but him being the cute bartender, um, he's a good kisser. And that's all the sort of um, sort of flack that he receives for that, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that they're making the point that a woman with many partners is bad. Like, I think um, when I like when I watched that, it's it seemed like Miranda was more like internally very shameful. Like there's this like internalized sense of like, oh, like this, this is like a lot, this is a lot of people. Um, but I'm not like, I just, I find it like hard to to hold like that characterization of like, of that because throughout the whole series, it's never portrayed as a bad thing, right? Like all, all of the characters sleep with a lot of different people but like nowhere else throughout the series is that kind of like seen as a bad thing. It's like, oh, you're experienced. And like Carrie's doing research for, for her column. Um, mm -hmm. Samantha just like loves having sex and she's like unashamed of that. Um, so I think it like there's, yeah, I think there's some like internalized like maybe perceptions happening like in this specific episode because they're asking the question of like our we sluts but it, i agree like <laughs> a man with many partners is just a good kisser like mm. <laughs> yeah i love that you bring up the point of like internalization because of course it's a show and as we know it's gonna affect everyone a little bit differently and it's funny that i read it as that sort of like um self-conscious like internalized fear whereas you didn't <laughs> and I think that's more telling of me than it is of the character or the scene. So I love that you brought that up. <laughs> I've also like, I've never been in a position where I'm like, somebody like asks me for like my number, my body count. And I'm like, I've never like been in that. So maybe that's just like, yeah, my, my reading of, <laughs> of the situation who's some, as someone who can't like fully empathize <laughs> well it's it's so funny you say that because I was thinking about this because the only time that I've ever been called a slut is by myself like mm -hmm. I have nobody has ever said that to me I've mm -hmm. never I've too have never had that conversation like or maybe I have but like it wasn't really important you know like maybe we may have talked about it but more in like a not in like a poking way but more of a just like, I don't know, interested kind of way. Um, but, but you're right, it's sort of that like internalized fear that maybe Carrie is facing as well. Like, am I a slut? Like, it's not that, mm -hmm. it's not that she thinks sleeping with a lot of people is bad. It's mm -hmm. just this sort of like um, society's perception of it, even though nobody is directly talking to her. You know what I mean? Like nobody mm -hmm. else is putting that pressure on her. It's it's literally only her putting that pressure on herself. And maybe that's where I saw in that scene with Miranda. Maybe she's feeling that discomfort, not because of Steve's number and not because of um, her own, or not because of Steve's number, but just because of like, she's self-conscious of her own internalized fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like, 
I think that's such a, a good thing to pick up on because nobody actually calls Carrie a slut. Like nobody, like Aiden doesn't call that to her. <laughs> like, you're such a slut for wanting to, to have sex right away. Um, but that doesn't happen. It's a question that she asks herself. And I also think like the fact that, you know, she's asking it is different than somebody. Like It's almost like she's asking that in a genuinely like, is this like actually a thing sort of way rather than like that internal um yeah that internal questioning um versus somebody calling her a slut which is like horrible and i remember um in university i had to read like an article um for a class that was talking about like how all four characters in sex in the city um how their characters are like portrayed through their clothing and i remember reading this article and feeling like so like mad <laughs> <laughs> I, w I wish I had another word for mad right now that was like, oh, I was so angry because the author like referred to Samantha as a slut and just like because of how she was dressing. And I just like that felt like a judgment. Um, whereas Carrie questioning this doesn't necessarily feel like the same judgment. I think it's evident of like some internal judgment um, based on like, you know, being presented with like the question of like, oh, like, am I like, why, why can't I just be romantic and like, you know, take it slow with a, a new partner? Um, so it, yeah, like it sounded really different and really, yeah, really judgmental. Whereas I don't think Carrie is judging herself in, in the same way, if that makes sense. Let's talk about, okay, so again, later on, again, when Carrie first starts dating the Russian, we have another um, sort of scare with an STI. So that's when Samantha takes her HIV test at the request of a potential new sex partner who is the male Samantha. And talking about that sort of like comparison, again, like thinking about this is shown with pride like what i love about this episode is like you know earlier they had sort of referenced that i'll just like you know they had the men who have a, a number of sexual partners are a good kisser and a woman is i can't i wish i could remember the actual quote i looked it up but i couldn't find it um but anyways again they have the male samantha quote unquote and this is like this sort of character and this sort of like storyline is approached with like absolutely no shame. Like it's almost like mm -hmm. pride. Like it's almost like, oh my God, like she just wants to sleep with him because uh, like he's her basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's sort of shown with a sense of like accomplishment in a weird way. Um, mm -hmm. But however, she is faced with a very real fear that that lifestyle has consequences and she is you know she goes to take the test and of course this is a much more serious disease than chlamydia but um in the end like so she of course is negative mm -hmm. um but she has sort of like a breakdown in the hallway where she passes out on the floor with the fear that sort of like fear as she's being taken into the into the little room as they say um mm -hmm. and when i rewatch this again i sort of remember them dramatizing it so much but when we rewatched it i actually didn't feel like it was too finger waggy you know what i mean like i didn't i felt like uh in the end, you know, she, the doctor wanted to sort of not educate her, but just like remind her that, that it's okay. It's just that you need to be practicing safe sex and wearing condoms, et cetera, et cetera, which I actually thought was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is. It is really cool. It's, it's cool to see a main character like Samantha, who is very sexually active, um, go through that process of getting tested for, a really serious uh, disease like HIV. Um, and also like the height of the like AIDS epidemic was like in the mid nineties. So like this wasn't even that far out from it. So there was like a lot, 
there was so much fear around it and it was cool to see to acknowledge like how scared she was as a character to like be faced with that like maybe i have it maybe i don't like i don't know but still go through with it anyway and i think actually the only figure finger waving that was happening in this episode was when um the girls were at dinner and um Miranda and Carrie were like, well, honey, how could you not have gotten tested? <laughs> like we've, we've each had like multiple tests. Like you have to, you should go get tested. So like that was, I thought that that was like a really like healthy, you know, way to talk about it with your friends. And I do think like both Steve's, you know, STI uh, testing and treatment and um, Samantha's test uh, STI tra- treatment. Um, it's really interesting that those are kind of occurring within but like tan I guess tangentially to this questioning of are we sluts but it's not like a cause and effect I should say (laughs) like just like there's this questioning but it it doesn't seem like the answer to that question are you a slut yes or no is necessarily correlated to um having an STI which I think is like a really healthy thing because they're not they're not they're not connected like that and that's such um that's such an assumption to to be a slut to have like a um a high body count so to speak I don't like that but to you know to have like a lot of sexual partners and there's this assumption that you have um that you're dirty because you have like a a higher chance of having like an STI or something but the reality is like you can sleep with one person and and get an STI it's not really correlated to to how many partners you have I had a lot of thoughts of course about the connotations with the phrase like are we sluts of course that has a lot to do with sex but I also was thinking about the sort of romantic end of that spectrum like Aiden says to Carrie in that episode when they first start dating like don't people date anymore Mm -hmm. and that kind of got me thinking about how that has that even really changed like how many it's been over 20 years since this episode aired or around 20 years now. And I just kind of was thinking about how that's changed because for these women, it seems like, (laughs) it seems like it's pretty easy to find somebody to sleep with. If you're just looking for like a fuck buddy, like Samantha, for example, um, takes pride in her lot of sexual partners that she meets at the gym, she meets at the club, she kind of, literally like will go out by herself with one mission and one mission only, and that's to take somebody home, (laughs) which I love. Um, But I wonder if like how that's changed, like dating with the introduction of dating apps, which have now been around for what, I don't even know, like 10 years. And I must be honest in saying that I haven't been on a dating app in like four years. So maybe things have even changed since then. But these characters were like super busy, career focused women. And I feel like, and maybe I'm just projecting, maybe this is purely anecdotal, but I feel like people are just like busier than ever these days. Like people work longer hours, they have more projects, they have their side hustles, like whatever, what have you. And does that make like the whole dating, like romance thing obsolete? Like, is that even a thing that still exists and I kind of wonder because Carrie says especially when she's talking about the Russians she says that she's like I'm a modern woman like I (laughs) you know I am a modern woman I'm an American like this romance is too much for me um and they also kind of compare it to like being fake like with the um like Charlotte also with the what's that what's that ice cream called (laughs) Tasty delight. Yes, exactly. It's not real ice cream. (laughs) It's not real ice cream, as Harry so happily points out. But, like, is dating obsolete? Like, is this something that is old-timey, as Charlotte was saying? Or is it kind of old-fashioned? Or are people just more clear in their intentions? I I was thinking a lot about this, and I honestly didn't really have an answer for it. I feel like there's a lot of 
parallels between now and then. Um, mm -hmm. Just for these characters, at least, it's easy to find a sexual partner. Um, and now that seems even easier than ever. So where does like the dating come in that Aiden so desperately craves? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I think you, I think you touched on like a really good point is that people like they're, they, people just don't have the time to, <laughs> to date or at least it's not a priority. Right. Like, um, yeah, like with, uh, with productivity culture and just like the grind, um, more women in the workforce too. There's just like, you know, there's not, there aren't enough hours in the day to, um, <laughs> to elaborately put together, um, some sort of date or even just, yeah, like people emotionally don't like invest a whole lot into it because you're like your time and attention span is being pulled in a hundred other directions. And I think like the dating app thing is really interesting. Like I think our friend Samantha would probably be all over the apps, <laughs> mm -hmm. all of them at once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be such a nice convenience for her. Yeah. There, there's this kind of immediacy though, that they introduce, right? Like you, like, I remember when I was like using dating apps, like it was just something that I, like I pulled out when I was bored and I was probably watching the sex in the city at the same time. I'm just like, <laughs> who's around <laughs> and spoiler, like very, like no one next to me, but <laughs> I would get to the end and it was just like, no warm matches. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh my God, There's I love more people. <laughs> yes, I love the idea of us watching it as teens, like wishing so desperately to go on a date with somebody. And then what, 10 years later, or less than 10 years later, we're literally on an app watching the show. Yeah, <laughs> just just that trajectory is so funny to me. Yeah, um, yeah it's like there's also I think um I think with romance too, there's a bit more of a gamble because you like, you start to emotionally invest in someone, um, or at least, you know, to kind of, to pull off a romantic gesture, a grand romantic gesture, like there's some level of investment in the other person, even if you're not like super emotionally attached. Um, and I think that's really hard for, for people. I think that's hard for people now. I think it's always been hard for people probably, but you know, like why, why do you want to take the risk on, on something if you're not really sure like who the other person is, if it's going to work out, like it's just a lot easier to like go out, pick up a person and like hook up, <laughs> you know, and get like that gratification. Like the, if romance is an investment and it's, it's also kind of vulnerable in and of itself. Cause you're like romance to me, I guess, um, kind of speaks to like love um maybe not like not exactly like I don't think they're necessarily like you know correlation does not imply causation but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's some kind of vulnerable emotion there like in investing in romance and vulnerability for like putting yourself out there and getting hurt whereas if you there's this idea if you just reduce it to like sex and like sexual gratification then um you don't get hurt. Mm -hmm. You get off, you don't get hurt. <laughs> you get off, you don't get hurt. I love that. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the like evolution of, of not only myself, but also like Carrie. Like when I rewatched these episodes, so the Are We Sluts episode and then the Ick Factor episode, which mm -hmm. was like a complete 180 on Carrie's reaction to this romance. Like, at first with Aiden, um, it, I mean, obviously her feelings are a little bit different between Aiden and the Russian. Mm -hmm. I think that she did like Aiden quite a bit more, but anyways, <laughs> but like when he, she's complaining and she's talking on the phone to Samantha or Miranda and she's like, he's been in the bathroom for half an hour, blah, blah, blah. Like, what What are we, friends? Which is like, sometimes people just need to be in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> let them be, Carrie. Um, but then, of course, he's drawn her this romantic bath that we've talked about is not really romantic at all. But her emotion is really that of, like, shock and surprise and awe and, like, oh, my God, this is 
this is amazing. And she's sort of like gushing over that gesture. Mm-hmm. Whereas later in the Ick Factor with the Russian, when he's sort of, he's reading her poetry and he's, he wrote her a song with a very cringy French name and, and, and she's kind of responsive in a way that's quite negative. Like Mm -hmm. I said, like, she's like, I'm a modern woman. This isn't for me. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I was like, just trying to figure out that connection. Like, does that, is that something that changes like in society? Like, are we as a society kind of like rejecting this idea of romance as being old fashioned and sort of embracing the slut, if you will? Or is it like a thing with age? Like, is it because Carrie was, you know, I, I don't even know, like late twenties, early thirties. I should probably know their ages better. And she was like, so happy with Aiden and like, oh my God, like how nice. And then with the Russians, she was just like, so over it. I also guess this was post burger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like of course, post burger, you're going to be a little, <laughs> a little rough around the edges, perhaps. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. Their her relationship with um the Russian was just like it was really weird because it started out with like I'm taking a leba, ladies. Oh God, I hate myself for saying that. <laughs> Even though it's like it's like what she says, I hate it. Um, it's, but it's <laughs> it is so cringy. Top top Carrie cringe, but um, like she almost kind of like she she sees him as just kind of this temporary blip like she almost can't really believe that they're doing what they're doing and then the switch kind of starts to flip especially when he starts like or they have the conversation of kids and then he invites her to Paris and like he's starting to extend those olive branches that are like no like I can actually see us like you know building like some semblance of a life together like long term and I think that she wasn't really on board with that in the beginning whereas like maybe with Aiden she was like really infatuated and she was just like (laughs) um I'm really invested in this other person so it was really maybe just shocking that like somebody who was similar in age to her was not interested in going real fast and like (laughs) interested in slowing it down (laughs) yeah I just really noticed in her writing the change from romantically challenged like are we romantically challenged or are we sluts to that episode where she says they are romance intolerant. Mm -hmm. And I think in the end, kind of a message that I took away from it, I think of Charlotte and Harry. (laughs) I love how much I go back to Charlotte and Harry. As much as she's my least favorite character, she always seems to have these moments for me. (laughs) Um, But I think of Charlotte and Harry. And the reason I think of them is because Harry being the sweetie he is in this episode, as they're getting their tasty delight, um, Charlotte is like, oh, she's like gushing over the romance and she's so happy and excited about it. And and Harry's like, well, I can be romantic. So he takes her out on this beautiful date, this beautiful French seven course meal. And of course they get food poisoning and they get very ill. Um, but I think... Basically, what I took away from this and what the show said as well is like, this isn't the things that romance is made of, but these are the things of everlasting love, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely like love. And I feel like is something that Carrie maybe needs to get a little bit of a grasp on, you know, with the whole bathroom thing, for example, like it's like these are, you know, relationships are built on more than romance and sex and, um, it's really those moments that matter more than either of those things. Does that make sense? Was I, <laughs> did that make any sense at all? Yeah. Like it's not a binary of like you either love romance or you love sex and there's like no in between, like a relationship isn't built on one of the others. Like it's both and it's everything in between. It's really like about making yourself vulnerable to someone else because sex is a very like vulnerable thing it's not like the cold hard like uh fast and furious <laughs> like totally emotionally detached thing that um it's often portrayed to be it's uh it is very vulnerable and i think that's really the bedrock of relationships 
Maybe that's what it all comes down to is vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) We we want to be vulnerable, emotional sluts. Yeah. There we go. We can get on board with that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that with Carrie, like this question is just so polarizing. You know, are we romantically challenged? It's basically like romance versus sex. And I think that to put it into those terms is just not true. And and it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You kind of have to look at it as a whole package. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, doesn't matter. I feel like it doesn't matter how long it takes you to sleep with somebody. If that's soon, that's okay. If that's months later, like my friend we were gossiping about, that's all. They're married now. <laughs> and it's, so it's, I mean, it's all good. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Oh all my good. God. <laughs> We're sorry we can't. Don't hate us is edited and produced by Stephen Cook, who has never seen Sex in the City but started diligently watching for research purposes and continued for Matthew McConaughey. And we are ever so thankful for that. (laughs) And a huge thank you to Travis Bretzer, who created our extremely jazzy theme music. He literally, we didn't ask him. He heard what was happening and volunteered. So please treat your ears and follow him on Spotify at Travis Bretzer. That's B-R-E-T-Z-E-R. He's a treat to listen to. Yes. Yeah, totally. And another special thank you to Jamie Clanahan, who used all of the crayons in her digital art box to create our splashy cover art and branding. You can check out her work at www.jamieclanahan.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-C-L-A-N-A-C-H-A-N.com. And please rate, review, subscribe, or if you feel so inclined, DM us a post-it note to at don't hate us pod on Instagram.